Uh, Gabriel asks, can you burn some locked hands over rhythm changes in egg? I mean, we could do a lot of things. Oh, yeah, we could. But, you know. <laughs> I feel like I he's building us means. into something. I feel like he's building us into something. Hey, what's up, Pick and Stones here? What's going on, Alex? Pick and Stone! Uh, Yao Ming Hui says, How would you practice a 2-5-1 progression from the simple to the more complex? And in what intervals would be best? So you start with 2-5-1. Black Bear, Brown Bear, or Battlestar Galactic, which is best? <laughs> That's right. No, so how would you practice 2-5-1s? You know, in general, uh, Yao Ming, right now, at this point in, I think, our playing... We're really doing most of our practice over the context of a song that we're that we're working on. So yeah. I very rarely anymore will just practice two fives just to practice two fives. Like that's not it's really not uh, helpful, I think, for me in the way that I want to play right now. Right. That's not to say that you would never do that and that we've never done that. I've certainly worked on like voicings and and actually in some of my open studio courses that are like guided practice session based. We we go off of two five ones. I would say that if you're if you're at that stage and you want to work on things in the context of like common chord progressions like two five ones or even one four six you know one four three six two fives and stuff like that or Coltrane changes anything like that is to practice it in as many keys as possible. Yes. Practice it in different durations so that it's not just like. Don't look bored when you're. Doing I, I it love here. your bored look. But not just that, like one bar each, but you know two beats each. Yeah. One beat each. All of those right. come into context in tunes. Practice at different tempos. Practice everything you play with your right hand with your left hand. Yeah. In this regard, you can really. I mean, you have so much to practice in a a window. Uh, if you think about all the variations that you could put on simple things like a two five one, and then practice. You know identifying where you can use these in tunes you know. I think that's the key, too, is to start to really piece together your voice as a musician. You need to be able to identify these little these little snippets that we're taking out to, to work on exercises yeah. into, like, actual practical ways. That's great. I like, I mean, um, the, the, the concept of practicing in all keys, sometimes we give it a little bit of short shift, short shift, whatever that is, you know, we don't give it its due because it's not like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's like practice with a metronome. But this is such an important concept uh, beyond you have to be able to, you want to be able to, and you need to be able to play um, in all keys. So it goes beyond that. This goes to the core of like how do you get creative and increase your vocabulary and your comfort level over two fives so by going through the different keys it's not just about learning when those keys it's about forcing you to play something differently forcing you to an uncomfortable position so if you're just practicing like you know two five ones that are easy or that you know whatever to, to e flat to c you know to the ones where you are more familiar with you're going to play the same thing but if you start doing if you take that exactly like see i already forgot it but you know like you would take something and you go up chromatically and start to play that like you're forcing yourself technically you're forcing your ears into this new situation and that's where you can really benefit um from two five one practice because you know like you say it could be one four three six two i mean there's all different progressions of blues rhythm changes all different things but the thing is like how do you extend it to start to to learn something new to get your hands into a new position as opposed to just playing the things that you know in that key already. 
So, and then down below, I've noticed that Yao Ming said simple to complex voicings is what he meant. <laughs> and we oh. didn't really talk about it. Oh, then, why no, did you actually, say that? Oh, you did. This why is, did we this, read that? This can be very quick uh, because simple to complex voicings are very easy. So start with root, shell, and pretty, right? This is like what we preach to really get you going on good sounding voicings, right? Root, shell, right? Which is, yeah. we're going to say is three and seven here. And then one pretty note. Start with one pretty note. Bam. And then do the same thing on the G7. So here I have D, F, C, E, right? Yes, you do. Root, shell, pretty. Then root, G, shell, F, and B, right? Seven and three. Yeah. And then pretty. Yeah. E, which is the 13. And then, I don't know, what about like... I like it. Right? C, E, B, D, right? Root, shell, pretty. I've actually been... Th- I, I haven't even told you about this yet. I have a new concept... On extending this, so that's root, shell, pretty. Yeah. Root, root, well, shell. no, not in that order. Not no, that's right. root, root, shell, shell pretty. pretty. <laughs> no, no. Okay, root, root, shell. And so, like, what if you want to go root, shell, and instead of pretty, you want to go purdy? Oh, oh that's purdy. purdy. Oh, that's so purdy. Like you down south, you going purdy. Peter, that's so purdy. <laughs> down oh, south, Peter. St. Louis is what oh. I mean. My tenants, my Tennessee. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, that's and that's the way I talked. I, fun fact about Peter, talking about myself in the third person, age zero through five, I talked like that because I was born in Central Florida, which is a scary place Florida. for accents. <laughs> but there is a point, Yao Ming, and I don't know. How, I mean, I know this is how you think about voicing somehow, but uh, I think about it like this too sometimes, where you just have the the sort of the color palette of the chord change, right? And it yeah. eventually just becomes of the melody and the tune and everything, where you can just kind of cluster some things like i know i can make some good voicings kind of by laying in like laying my hands where almost intuitively i mean there's definitely some principles working here that start with root shell pretty but you get to a point where i don't have to follow those rules i can break some things to where you know you go herbie hancock level of just like oh you want a d minor how about this you know, and it right. sounds amazing, you right? Know, that kind of thing. So. That's root shell, extremely purdy. That's just all purdy. That's just all purdy, which is great. Well, we got a couple questions here on YouTube already. That we have actually several questions that we could totally hit. And the first one was from Raphael. And he says, yo, I was wondering if you guys can go over some Joe Henderson stuff. I'm working on Serenity, and it's a really hard tune. That is a true statement. Yes, and um, you know, so yeah, see, I, that's as much as yeah. So that chord right there, Joe Henderson showed me this. It's it's actually a half diminished. I think it's wrong on, on like a fake book chart or something. And then a flat minor. And I can't yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing too complicated with the melody. So no. I'm, I must be assuming that Raphael's talking about the changes. Yeah. You know, um, and just how fast some of these, like that thing, right? That that right? That old chestnut. Yep. So. I don't know. Did you? Did he say anything about these when you played with Joe? When he was talking about this. Did, did he didn't say anything except for that the one chord? That one I played thing? C minor. He's like, and he was like, oh. he's, yeah. I think he just like sat. He like kind of over at my shoulder at the piano. Was just like, 
played that, or maybe he said a a half diminished. And I was like, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. And I don't know if I I want to say that they on that original recording played it wrong or something. Because there's been several instances where he's like, yeah, just cause they they played it right. You know, he was such a laid back. I don't think I've ever played it with an A half diminished there. It's always been a C minor every yeah. time I played it. Yeah, it's definitely definitely half diminished. But do you think that these and I'll have to go listen to what was being played on the piano on the original recording with this like A flat major seven sharp eleven? Is it that is that kind of do you think it's that kind of inner urge sound? That sound? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That Joe was known for? Yep, I think so. But it leads so nicely that A half diminished to that to, to the A flat uh, on that, minor. On that that uh Yeah. It's... Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That's a nice little thing. Yep. Um Yeah, so how would you approach something with all these false cadences and then some like like that whole step movement? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think th- yeah the those kind of uh, false resolutions or non-resolutions, false cadences, I think it's important to really, like we're always trying to think melodically, of course, but like as you improvise over this, this kind of a tune is to really think about some kind of longer phrases that can stretch over those chords because you don't want to segment your playing because it just makes it, it makes it more obvious that there's not a connection there. And yeah. really the, the melody, just like the actual melody, as you're improvising a melody is the thing that connects it and makes it such a pretty cohesive form, you know? So you have to just really think melodically and be, um, you know, fearless like Sonny Rollins to be able to like Joe Henderson to, to play over those chords and to kind of get into some situations that you may not be exactly sure where you're going in reality. Let's break that down a little bit. Like what is, what does it mean to you to play melodically? Um, I, I think it's, it's really, it's really thinking horizontally instead of vertically. Like no, no chord running, no scale running, like really creating melodies. So I think you have to know the form so well that you're not thinking about the chords at all because as soon as you start thinking about yeah, where you're playing vertically over each chord, you might play some cool stuff. You might play the, the chord changes right and you might kind of luck up on something, but it's not it's not going to be melodic in the truest sense. Like I think one thing you can think about, Raphael, when you try to play over this is maybe thinking of of using themes not based on scale or chord, but based on rhythm and interval and trying to overlay that over some good sounding notes over the changes. So instead of like, you know, like running scales, running chords, scale running, chord running, you might think of like, you know, um, really trying to focus on coming up with themes especially when you practice that stuff like you know you wouldn't necessarily want to think that hard about it as you're performing you just want to let it go and play the point of practicing in that way is to get yourself in that mode where you're like okay i don't want to be like sometimes it's i think it's cool to think about what you don't want to do right Right. i don't want to be just running scales up and down as you said horizontally and you know and as opposed to vertically, like I don't want to be just like, like, or just whatever that is like doing like my, my insert bebop lick here or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where it kind of gets to be a, a pretty rough situation. I think, especially on a tune like this, where it's like that functional harmony doesn't really serve you. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I think if you see, like if we take the cue from the melody, uh, 
Ah, uh, well. Now you're talking. Now so, you're that, talking. okay, this part. And then this is kind of like the sub-melody. You know, it's really all one phrase. So you got... Like, if you take out, like, all the things that are leading to different places, the longer notes. So that's sort of the shape, and it's stretching out over those whatever four bars. So when we improvise, and if you think about the way that this song is constructed, too, it's waiting. It's like doing pickups to the next chord. So as opposed to just once you get to the solo, like, one, two, three, four. Like, where everything's starting on the thing, you might be like, one, two, three, four, uh. Yeah, so like you're that. Waiting Whatever that you're, is, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. You're waiting and you're delaying, um, and sometimes even either delaying or anticipating the next chord before you get there. That's the thing. You got to be fearless about that. So you're on D half diminished, and it's going to G, you know, uh, whatever that is, kind of sharp, sharp nine flat thirteen. So I'm already kind of playing over that G before I get there. So that's already one way to connect it. You know, don't be like so robotic where it's like, I'm not at the chord yet, so I'm not going to play it. That's the, the quickest way to, to make your playing vertical. Vertical. Well, let's connect this question to a question here from Jeff. It's actually, it's literally the... Oh. We can have nice things, but they don't always stick, see? <laughs> need, some, uh, need some packing tape up in this. <laughs> uh, so Jeff asked something that's kind of along the same lines. He says... Can you guys talk about playing over rapidly changing major seven chords? Started working on steps by Chick Corea. Turnaround goes A flat, E, D flat, B. I can do this okay on, I can do okay on this slowed down, but this tune is really fast. So I don't actually, do you know steps? I don't know Uh -uh. steps, but I do know inner urge and there's a similar situation where it goes through this, this, this pattern here and this actually kind of ties into that joe henderson question too in that when i'm playing that i don't want to be doing this right like that's the last thing that yep. i want to be doing actually. well and i think too a lot of times like you might have some good melodic content in there but if you do want to do some kind of you know little triad one two three five kind of things is use rhythm then right. to make it more melodic because that's the whole thing is like the goal is to create melodies over this stuff and not get not just arpeggiate chords or run up and down scales so you can use you know something like um, uh, oh you were doing another uh, so like if you think about it. I'm just kind of making stuff up now. But, you know, like if you're thinking about that end result of that melodic thing, you can actually use some triadic stuff. Just don't play it in a symmetrical way, like a a way that's going to lock you in. Yeah. And, Jeff, you can find that with that leading right off of that, you can find common tones amongst the triads. Like if we're doing this. I can I can kind of lean on a couple of different notes. I have to lean on looking at your shoes if you keep playing like that too. <laughs> Come on. Like, oh, I can do that all day. Man. Come on. But this is a great way I think for me so that I'm I'm out of this like like, you know, I don't know, just doing these like 
throwing your hands at it in a way that doesn't seem like it's you're actually making music. Yeah. Again, I'm feeling so inspired by Sonny Rollins today that I just kind of want to play different versions of Sonny's solos. I know, I know, I know, I know. And then the other thing is you can take some of these, you know, so you got D, half diminished. Is that right? Yeah. So you might take something that's a little bit unusual but really commit to playing something nice melodically. So like I would actually think about like a C triad over this, oddly enough. So you've got C triad over um, over that D half diminished, right? And then you go to the G7, you've got a D flat triad. Because I mean, what's what is what's easier to make there's nothing easier to make sound melodic than a triad, you know? Yeah. But what you don't want to do is You know that how gazy do we want to get at our feet? Because we could do. Yeah. Okay. No, we don't. We don't. No, we, no, no. We, we could. Don't. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, this is all. But it's like so. If you, uh, that's nice. That's very good. But I'm thinking about big melodic phrases. I'm not thinking like, let me do something on the second and the third and the fourth beat of the first bar stretching into the second. I'm thinking about like, how do I stretch this all the way into the whole next phrase, you mm. know? And you're going to make some so-called mistakes, but the more melodic you get and the more you commit to it, the more you can get away with just like totally, as long as you know the form, as long as you know the form and you're still playing it with, with your actual melodic improvisation, your story, you can waver far from that. 